This is the Wealth Ability Show with Tom Wheelwright. Way more money, way less taxes. Welcome to the Wealth Ability Show, where we're always discovering how to make way more money and pay way less taxes. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of WealthAbility. Very excited about our show today because today we're going to talk about the next big disruptor in the finance and business world. And it's something that most of us probably have very little idea about. So today we have an expert and we're going to discover, we're going to do it together, how to use blockchain technology to our benefit. So I'm very, very excited about this because I think blockchain is a, has a huge potential, um, particularly in my industry as a CPA, but certainly in the finance, real estate, other industries. And we have a, a, a very much an expert. And, and what I love is Stephen Williams is not just an expert in blockchains. He's an expert in how to explain blockchain because he wrote a book about explaining blockchain. And uh, so very excited to have, uh, Stephen, very excited to have you on the show. Would you give us just a little bit of why, why blockchain for you? Because fundamentally, as I understand it, you're a writer, so why blockchain? Yeah, well, I, thanks for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. And um, I love talking about blockchain. And the way I got into it was I went back to school uh, a few years ago to get an MBA in sustainability. And then one of my first classes I read about I read the word blockchain in, in a paper I was reading, and it intrigued me. And I went home and started reading about it, and kind of fell down the rabbit hole because it seemed like such a um, a vast uh, a technology with such vast potential to transform business and society. It was just one of those really exciting moments where you find something that's intellectually stimulating that you think could be really practical too. So. I kept reading about it. That's how I got into blockchain. So if you would, blockchain is this word we hear all the time. We, we hear it in, mostly in connection with Bitcoin and, and uh, other cryptocurrencies. Can you explain just, just as simply as possible, what is blockchain? Well, think of those old green ledger books that maybe your grandparents used to record their expenses for their business or their home where there was a column different columns and you would enter what you sold, what you bought, uh, interest earned, all kinds of information. Blockchain is basically one of those books digitized and done in a way so that it's completely secure. And once you make an entry, it can't be changed. You can modify the entry later on by making an addendum to it, but you can't change the information. So it's immutable information, which turns out to be a very valuable thing in our world. Well, I can, I can certainly say in my world, when I see somebody and they'll send me their books and then a month later, they'll send me the same period, but it will be different. I'm <laughs> <laughs> the idea of something immutable where they have to do a journal entry um, and or have to make an adjustment that I can see instead of something that is hidden that I have to go dig out. I think that sounds like a wonderful thing. Uh, so I can imagine that that's a, that's a, it brings joy to your heart. I'm sure. it, it totally does. And, and you know, let me see if I've kind of got this right. I, I kind of look at blockchain as double entry accounting on steroids that it's mm -hmm. that that it's kind of like you've got this so you've got it 
you've got your entry, you got a debit and a credit. So, you, you know, debits equal credits. That's the whole idea of double entry bookkeeping. Right. And then on top of that, basically every transaction effectively audits every other transaction so that you can absolutely be sure that your books, it, it, let's say just take it from a books and records standpoint, you'd never need to be audited. They would be automatically audited as you go. Is this, yeah, I, I, am I understanding that right? Yeah, I believe that's a good explanation. Each transaction is verified and secured so that it becomes almost a triple entry accounting with, um, if you're comparing it with someone else's books, then they have their books, you have your books, and then the blockchain keeps track of the actual transaction. So there's really no way to have confusion or, um, or muddled, muddled books. So it's, it's, almost, very, very it's almost like three-dimensional accounting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's I how like I like that. to look at it. That's a, so that two-dimensional cool. accounting came about, I think, about 500 years ago, and uh, it was a you know it allowed all the fortunes of the Medici's and you know all the uh, Italian families. And then it hasn't changed that much in the in the in the last 500 years, but now it's poised to change dramatically. So so tell me, so what isn't blockchain? Because, you know, what, what we hear mostly about blockchain is cryptocurrency, um, you know, um, right. Bitcoin, Ethereum, et cetera. So how does, uh, how does even a cryptocurrency, how does it even fit within blockchain? Why, why does blockchain make those possible? So the concept of blockchain has actually been around since the 60s. But the uh, the the it, it gained fame and and more um, usability in 2008 when um, a person who remains anonymous invented cryptocurrency, invented Bitcoin, and he used blockchain as the accounting software below the the Bitcoin. So it keeps track of every transaction of Bitcoin because it's a digital currency. There's nothing you can point to or hold on to. So it's very important to know where each item is, when it's each Bitcoin is, when it's been sold, who has it, to keep from duplicating uh, the use of any particular Bitcoin. So blockchain became really well known uh, for, as being the, pro, the, uh, the base layer for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. But since then, people have uh, realized how useful it might be for all kinds of other applications. So give, give us some examples. How, you know, where is blockchain going to be used? Other than obviously my world, it's going to be used because we're not, I think we're going to not have auditors anymore because mm -hmm. financial, in a, in a financial world, if you're bookkeeping, if every entry you make has this third verification, basically, that you're talking about, then there's really no need for an outside verification. In fact, an outside verification would be, you, you'd have, challenges because you, you have human error whereas with the blockchain you don't have that human error fa function or, or factor right. um but outside of pure accounting where it makes all the sense in the world to me where i mean where else is this going to be used where are we going to see this so in um in asset asset management and processing trades and settlement across borders and between people it can can be very useful um Processing insurance claims. It's, uh, insurance companies are very big into blockchain right now. Um, it can um, help weed out fraudulent claims. It can catch people who uh, are d doing things fraudulently over and over. It's got all kinds of uses. Hey, Payments. So, yeah. So, for example, sorry to cut you off. I, I, I want you to keep going. 
but you just triggered something for me. So one of the issues that we run into all the time, and I'm actually looking at and working on uh, on the beginnings of a book with uh, a co-author, a couple of co-authors about which which is white collar crime and mm. um, you know internal fraud. Do you think the blockchain then will be able to point that out? Well, I think it, so. Blockchain is a is software it's just like any software it has no mind of its own so it really and it has no sense of morality or anything like that um people often imbue it with a lot of uh sort of human qualities but really it's just a cold software so you would have to design it to do that and i think that it could probably be very useful uh, i'm not certain of any application where it's being used for that right now but it seems like a, a definitely would work Interesting. Okay. So um, before I interrupted, what else, what else can it be used for besides the uh, finance area? Okay. So for property, it's really interesting for real estate um, that uh, if you use cryptocurrency and blockchain, um, you can, and also something called a non-fungible token, which is a, uh, is not a, it's not a monetary value. It, it is something that keeps track of a unit of value of a digital asset or a physical asset. So that, um, say, a piece of property could be divided up into a million different pieces and, and uh, investors could buy one piece or 10 pieces or 100 pieces. And it kind of makes it investing in uh, large items like properties or very expensive Picasso paintings or things like that, more accessible to the average person. I find that really interesting. There are all kinds of uh, laws and regulations that make that difficult at the moment, but um, I think that's that's a very, very cool application. Okay, so um, let, let, me, let, me, let me follow up on that, <laughs> okay, yeah. because our yeah. listeners are very interested in, uh, a lot of our listeners uh, do invest in real estate, and mm -hmm. right now, typically, there's really two ways that's, uh, well, there's three ways to invest in real estate, right? You can buy it outright yourself, right? You right. can buy it through a syndication, which you'd have to be an accredited investor to do that. So let's say you have right. a developer who goes out, develops an apartment complex, and then they raise capital, and you're one of those people they raise capital from. Or there's the Real Estate Investment Trust, which is a, the same thing, but public, okay? Yeah. And, and these are all partnerships, so that's what they mm -hmm. are. They end up being partnerships and all of the terms are in the part in the operating agreement of the partnership. And so right. are, are, are you, what, what I'm hearing you suggest is that wouldn't have to be a partnership, although there would still have to be rules as management, and all that kind of stuff, but it could be more like a tenancy in common, which would be an undivided interest, but you could take that undivided interest to very small pieces and make it easy and maybe even make it a more efficient market. Am I Following that? Yeah, uh, I, I believe that that's correct. I, I'm not familiar with the, the tenants, tenancy in common concepts, but uh, you definitely could s subdivide the entire value of the property into many smaller bits, and that those can be traded th you know, through an online platform or any kind of platform without having to, if you're in a, a REIT or in another um, partnership, real estate partnership, uh, there's there are a lot of lawyers involved with every decision yeah, that you make sure. and every every transfer uh, of of title. So with this, uh, the lawyers are left out of the picture, and you're trading um, basically representations of the of the assets. And decisions can also be made 
according to the the participants in this blockchain. So I think that's another uh, interesting development mm, that, there. That's really interesting. So so just so for that, instance, you could take a valuable property. I live in Manhattan. You could take a ten million dollar house. You could sell half of that house or or a third of that house to investors. And you could keep the rest yourself, and you would still be in charge of that property. But you might you might get an infusion of money that would help you improve the property, which benefits everyone else who's involved. There are all kinds of applications for it. So, so just so everybody understands what tenancy in common is, tenancy in common is basically an undivided interest in a piece of property. So, let's say that you have that ten million dollar property in Manhattan. Then, rather than owning the bedroom. Okay, as your share, mm-hmm. you own a, in your case, a third of every single room and every single piece of that property. So you have an undivided interest in everything. Oh, I see, yeah. That's what mm-hmm. a tenancy in common is, which it sounds like that's what you're talking about. So it would actually, one of the, one of the challenges we have in real estate is that in a limited partnership situation, which is typically the syndication, what happens is, is that we some partners would like when the when the property is sold they'd like to buy a new property and other partners right. don't they'd like to take their mm-hmm. cash and so if you buy a new property you can do what's called a 1031 or a like kind exchange which is a non-taxable it makes the sale non-taxable to you however everybody has to decide now in mm-hmm. a tenancy in common situation you don't have that because you own your interest outright. You're not in a partnership. So what I'm hearing is, is that one of the potential uses for blockchain is to make that tenancy in common type of ownership actually feasible because it, it, it would actually, it would allow you to manage that and actually, and, and allow you to create a market for it. Am I hearing that right? Yeah, yeah I, I believe that you are right. I can't, I, I can't attest to the, to the, legality or reality of that but what i think this points out is that blockchain is opening up all sorts of new possibilities for different systems different ways of creating value and dealing with value and um, a lot of them are ahead of the curve so that um, people such as yourself experts in accounting and and legal experts have to really determine what's possible what's legal what laws need to be changed it's a it's such a dynamic area. I think that's part of what makes it so exciting. So, so let me ask you uh, a question about an area that's near and dear to my heart, which is taxes. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, uh, um, you know, we're, we have a network of CPA firms and, you know, our expertise is taxes. And, of course, one of the issues for the government is making, or any government, um, is uh, making sure that taxes are accurate. And that's why they have auditors. Do you do you see that there's a possibility down the road that we would no longer need the IRS to come audit us because um, blockchain technology would take care of that? That's a that's a really great question, and I feel that it's an an idealistic utopian sort of way of looking at it, and certainly uh, it could be realized. The thing that that I find is with a technology like blockchain and a society such as we have now is that the the people in power now aren't going to give up their power easily. <laughs> right. And I don't think. And I think the IRS is one of the most powerful institutions For sure. we have. And I so I, I think instead of them collapsing and somehow blockchain being an independent way of 
of certifying taxes. I think the the IRS or you know any any powerful organization faced with a disruption, they they learn to adapt, and I and they still and and retain as much control as possible. So you see that now with all of the the banks and different financial um, institutions looking into blockchain, creating their own cryptocurrencies, different things like that. I I think that they they're they're smart, they're adaptable, and they um you know they will remain. I, I as much as I would like to see some of them disappear. Well, so but all right, so let's bring this to a private situation. All right, so one yeah. of the things we're working on is um we're actually working on some tax planning technology um, using uh, which we rely we'll, we'll rely a lot on artificial intelligence for that AI because it has to learn right but here's my question could we as tax preparers um, if we had the right technology could we actually make our tax returns audit proof so that yes the IRS may still have a desire to audit but that if they did audit, it, the blockchain would actually be able to, sh- to show the IRS that, hey, everything's done right. Do you see that as a possibility? Definitely. I definitely see that as a, as a possibility. That's cool. And it, yeah, I think that's, that's certainly possible. And there's a, a really interesting um, technology that – so people build a lot of software applications on top of blockchain. And um, the Ethereum chain made possible this this concept of something called smart contracts that are basically self-fulfilling contracts that are done automatically, like robotic contracts. And I think that those, um, you know, if this is, they're basically, if this happens, then this is, this happens. So you can make payments that way. Um, all kinds of things can be fulfilled. And I think those will make, have a big effect in accounting also. One area where I see a lot of uh, cool things happening with that is in the uh, energy utility area, where all these new um, forms of energy are in the grid and sometimes in very small amounts from home solar systems and different things like that. And uh, smart contracts on a blockchain could manage all of those transactions really easily. Okay, so right now we're kind of on the very beginnings of blockchain. So do you see that that blockchain will be kind of like creating websites so that, you know, back, uh, I remember when you and I think are about uh, uh, the same generation. And I remember mm-hmm. when, when we first had the internet and we first heard about the internet, we first started seeing websites. I actually remember somebody calling me a prospective client and they said, do you have a website? And I said, no, they said, well, we, we don't need to talk because I'm in, I'm, that that's my business is the the internet and you know I don't want to be working with an account that doesn't have a website. Um, so oh. of course everybody has websites now, right? Kind of rude. Oh well, and that's it's fine. It's fine. You know, Funny, you, yeah. that, that's, uh-huh. I, I, I have no issue with that. I mean, I didn't have a website, so um, no, that I, was a, it was a totally that. fair statement. But but my 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 question is is that when we first developed the website, it was expensive because it right. was a lot of raw coding. Um, to get mm-hmm. that website done. And then now, though, you can go to, you know, you can go online and you can create a website just by, you know, pick this, pick this, pick this, pick this. And you, you've got a website in about an hour. You can have yeah. a decent Amazing. looking website because the, the, it's all pre-coded. It's kind of like Excel, right? Excel is all pre-coded. Yeah. So do mm-hmm. you see blockchain going that same direction where we're going to have like 
pre-coding so that we can actually, so that the, not the average person maybe, but, um, you know, certainly a, a business owner could easily use blockchain to make an impact in their business? Oh, definitely. I think it's already happening. And I think that's, that's the goal and that's the need. And uh, user, the user interface with cryptocurrencies and blockchain has been pretty poor. And I think that's the big hurdle that needs to be fixed. But I, mm. I believe it is being, I believe it is being fixed right now. So, um, yeah, for sure. I think blockchain will, is getting easier and will be easier for people to use. Um, the question is, is do you need a block? Do you need blockchain? And by the way, it's not just one blockchain. You can make as many blockchains as you want. So it's, we're not talking about one big uh, system. It's uh, all kinds of different blockchains that people have developed. Right, for sure, because it's just yeah. a closed system, right? I mean, that's all it is. Effectively, it's mm -hmm. a closed system, so you can set up your own closed system. I, I, I know that uh, uh, people have told me that, I mean, I have friends who've done their own cryptocurrency. They said it takes five minutes. It's not that hard. Yeah. Okay. Right. No, you can do that, yeah. So and so, it, so I am curious, It can though, be an open system, too, also. How, how do you, all right. I We're, mean, it can expand in, infinitely. What do you mean by that? If you Well, if you create an open blockchain, I think that's the, there are private blockchains and public blockchains, and a public blockchain can be joined by anyone at any oh. time and expand, expand in. It would be more like a, a Wikipedia, basically. Yeah, but still secure, which Got is it. the fantastic part about it. Yeah. And that's where, actually, I think that that has huge possibilities for businesses to reach customers, for customers oh, to communicate, for the supply chain to be expansive and more open. It's, uh, but that's a, that takes a uh, kind of one of those uh, things where you have to take a leap of faith and explore new possibilities. So, so we've talked a lot about what blockchain is and what it does. What isn't? What what can you just take a couple of minutes to talk about what blockchain isn't and where you know people think it's like the end all be all, but there's actually things that just doesn't make any sense with. Yeah, well, so far it's not a great. I don't think it's a great uh, system. If you have uh, a huge amount of transactions that need to be processed quickly, it's still not fast enough, um, such as the, you wouldn't really have a credit card um, running through blockchain that was effective, like a MasterCard. Right. They, they just need to you need process a too much. You, you need a centralized system, not a distributed system like blockchain would be. Yeah, I think so for now, um, maybe in, in the future. Um, another thing is that blockchain, while it is... Uh, um, immutable and information on there can't be changed. It does not determine if information is true or false. So there can be false information on a blockchain. Oh. Um, it depends on who enters it. So there still have to be systems to determine, say, if you're, if you're tracking organic cotton, there are, you still have to be certain that the cotton that enters the supply chain is organic. Now, once it's in the supply chain, there are ways to label the cotton with um, things, little pills that you put into the cotton bale or all kinds of different ways of marking goods that, and those can be checked along the, the route of the blockchain and or of the supply chain. And you would always know whether they were still the same ones that went, that entered the blockchain. So, but um, yeah, it's, it garbage in, garbage out definitely applies to blockchain. And that's a big um, thing that people get pretty mixed up about. They think it has a way of determining truth, but it doesn't. Got it. It doesn't, it. it doesn't even care really. Right. You know I mean? So it, it has to be, it, it's not going to verify whether the entry 
was accurate in the first place, just that the entry was completed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, anything, um, can you think of any, like a couple of practical uses that, or practical um, areas where, you know, entre- an entrepreneur and investor might really want to be thinking about either using blockchain or making sure that they watch for opportunities to use blockchain? Well, I think that the, uh, you know, a big area that's interesting for entrepreneurs with blockchain, well, there are two, and they both involve tokens. One would be cryptocurrency and using cryptocurrency as a way of rewarding behaviors in your marketplace so that, um, you know, you could, uh, instead of giving points or green stamps, you could use cryptocurrency for that. Um, I think that's fascinating. And then this, this idea of non-fungible tokens that track the value of a digital asset so that um, it's being used quite a bit now in gaming. People might have uh, clothing or skin tones or voice sounds or whatever that they can purchase through the game, and they will own that individual digital asset so that it becomes uh, curiously a rare digital asset. A lot of artwork is sold like this so that people will create a piece of artwork digitally, and the the original one that they create will be registered as a non-fungible token. And all the copies of that can be made and sold, but that original one retains a value that is is uh, definitely definitely worth something. There's definitely a market for all of this stuff, which is kind of interesting. Collectible digital assets, I think, is a big area. Huh? That is uh, that's fascinating. I have I have a niece who's a commercial artist, and she does everything mm-hmm. in her art is all digital. She doesn't use paper. She it's all yeah. It's she all, should look into it's it. all digital art. So I'll definitely be. Uh, uh, suggesting she listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a very growing, very rapidly growing marketplace in digital artwork. I find it fascinating. I own some myself. I bought some myself. Well, but that would be true then for copyrights, trademarks, and other other um, other intellectual property, right? Yeah, that's, digital. that's true. Yeah, no, it's it's really so, big. So, on, for example, you you create a course. Okay, and and one way to protect that course, of course, is that uh, the one way to protect it is that people can only access it through your website. Um, but right. you could you could technically then register that course digitally. It sounds like, mm-hmm. and then if you did that, then if you then sent out copies, uh, uh, you, you know that that was a copy. Right. Interesting. Yeah, that's exactly it. Okay, so I can see a lot of uses for that. I find that most businesses have, um, just for our listeners, most businesses have intellectual property that they don't recognize, that it's their intellectual property and that they ought to be looking at protecting it, particularly if you're a U.S. business. I, I know that uh, you know different countries have different rules about that. The U.S. has pretty strong rules about um, what's protectable. And uh, mm-hmm. this sounds like just another tool to protect your, basically your digital intellectual property. Yeah, it is definitely. I spoke uh, a month ago in um, uh, Scotland to the International Association of Copyright uh, Organizations, and they were very interested, and a lot of them were, were using it, using blockchain for their work. That's fascinating. Well, Stephen, this has been an enormous amount of information, and I, I know that we're going to have to have more and more conversations about blockchain in this podcast. Tell, tell, yeah. tell, and we'd love to have you back when you come back and talk some oh, more. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Awesome. So if you would, uh, tell us how people could 
find you and, and learn more about um, what you're writing, what you're doing from a, with blockchain? Yeah, if you go to um, stephenpwilliams.com, you'll find everything you need to know. And, and your book is Blockchain the Next Everything. Yes, Blockchain the Next Everything. And it's available on all the, you know, Amazon and everywhere else. And you can get audio books and Kindle, everything like that. Awesome. I am, I'm looking, I'm, that's my next book. I'm going to tell you right now. And, blockchain. And I, Stephen is spelled with a PH. Oh, there the you go. Stephen Thank P, you. Stephen P. Williams, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying that. Yeah. <laughs> they'll, be for, everyone, they'll be looking for Stephen with a B and they're blocks. not going to be able to find you. <laughs> well, there's so many writers named Stephen Williams who wouldn't believe it. So. That's, that's why I use Stephen P. Williams. Right? That's funny. That's awesome. Well, um, Stephen, thank you. Uh, our listeners, this is one that you're going to want to listen to over and over again. Thank you very much for listening to the Wealth Ability Show. Please subscribe on iTunes and leave a five-star review if you enjoyed the show. We do want to hear from you, so please also share your comments and your feedback, whether it's topic, whether it's guest, whether it's you know how we're doing the show. Please let us know. We are just always want to improve and, and get the show out to more people because what we know is, is that the, the more we learn about what uh, the future holds for us and what's possible, we're always going to make way more money and pay way less taxes. We'll see you next time. What if you could discover a simple way to double your profitability in the next 90 days without adding any new clients. As a listener of my podcast, I want to give you, for no charge, my five-step process for doing just that. Just go to wealthability.com slash CPA profit right now to get this free gift. I know this claim probably sounds exaggerated, but it is entirely doable and much easier than you'd think. In fact, this is the same five-step process that Cindy, my friend and member of the WealthAbility Network, used to increase her overall revenue by 50% while actually getting rid of some of her most troublesome clients. There's no purchase necessary. Just do these five steps and watch the results. To get your copy of this free gift, go to WealthAbility.com slash CPA Profit wealthability.com slash CPA profit and double your profits now. You've been listening to the Wealth Ability Show with Tom Wheelwright. Way more money, way less taxes. To learn more, go to wealthability.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.